Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. And I can't. I've had my phone on, and this won't mean much to you folks, but when I got started in ministry down in Baton Rouge, one of the highlights of my early ministry was when I was asked uh, to be the principal at, at Central Baptist School, which at that time was the largest independent fundamental Baptist Christian school in the state of Louisiana. I, w- I had taught in that school for a year. Church went through some turmoil. The, uh, the principal left, and uh, a new pastor came. And I knew he was going to have to pick a, a principal for the school, and I, I really wanted that. I mean, it, it just was on my heart. It was just, it was a go. I, I told Sharon, and I was only 25. I mean, that's, that's, I was fresh out of college. I was only 25 years old to be principal of a big school like that. And uh, Brother Buchanan, uh, who was the new pastor, he came from Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, he came and he asked one day, he said, I want to come over to your house tonight. I want to talk to you about the school. And I told Sharon, I said, oh, I hope it's about being principal. I knew we needed a new principal, and I was hoping that he wouldn't go to the outside and bring somebody in, but that he would promote from within and that uh, I, I would get it. And he came over to my house. We lived on Maribel Court. I always thought that was the dumbest. It sounded like a cow, Maribel. But that's, that's where we lived, on Maribel Court. And he came over, and sure enough, we met, we talked, and he finally said, I'd like for you to be the principal, which was a huge thing for me at that time. And then I was under his ministry for the following uh, 12, 12 years. And the reason I've been looking at my phone is I'm expecting a text message. He could die at, at any minute. He's been on dialysis for a while. And uh, a, a co-worker at that time, Danny Bazette, he was on staff at that time. We've... He's one of the few down there that I've maintained a relationship with, just time and distance, you know, you, you grow apart. But Danny called me last night and he said, have you heard about Brother Buchanan? I said, I know he's in trouble. And he said, yeah, he's not expected to make it another 24 hours. I said, well, would you text me uh, when, when that happens? But anyway, I was looking at, uh, that was one of the reasons I've kept my phone on rather than off. And so far, I haven't heard anything uh, about that. Four questions non-believers cannot answer. Four questions. You know, how, how did all this happen? If you're not careful, you'll take it as fact. What the world promotes through, basically, the Big Bang Theory and evolution. Again, these are just lies. They're absolute lies. Now, a lot of people think, well, wait a minute, scientists, you know, they're, they're promoting this. Well, don't, don't be too sure. Don't be too sure of that. But let's begin by looking at those four questions this afternoon. Four questions non-believers cannot answer. Okay, number one, cosmological. There's another fancy word. 
That just simply means relating to the origin and development of the universe. There's a cosmological question that they cannot answer. In other words, how did something come from nothing? How do they explain that? I mean, this is something. We're, we're, how did this come from nothing? In other words, you know, where, where did time itself come from? Time is something... See, God lives outside of time. T- time means nothing to God. So time is something that's been created. Matter, stuff that, that you can touch and you feel, that, that has to be created. Space. Space is something that, that had to be created. So how do you get something from nothing? They can't answer that. Let me read a portion, you can read along with me, from a magazine article. It says this, and be careful where this is going. You're going to think it's going one way, but it ends up quite different than what you think. It starts off by saying this. The universe began not with a whimper, but with a bang. At least, that's what you're commonly told. The universe and everything in it came into existence at the moment of the Big Bang. Space, time, and all the matter and energy within began from a singular point and then expanded and cooled, giving rise over billions of years to the atoms, stars, galaxies, and clusters of galaxies spread out across the billions of light years that make up our observable universe. It goes on to say, It's a compelling, beautiful picture that explains so much of what we see. From the present large-scale structure of the universe's two trillion galaxies, to the leftover glow of radiation permeating all of existence. Unfortunately, it's all wrong. And scientists have known this for almost 40 years. And folks, that's not coming from Answers in Genesis. That's coming from Forbes magazine. That's coming from a secular source. The truth of the matter is, from their perspective, they can't explain where time came from. They can't explain where space came from. They can't explain with any degree of certainty whatsoever where matter came from. That's a real problem for those folks. But there's other questions that they can't answer. For example... The biological question, we had the cosmological question, you know, dealing with origins. There's a biological question, and it's very simple. Let's, let's give them, number one, that there was a Big Bang. Well, that produces, you know, elements, maybe gases or whatever. So if you even give them that, where do they explain where life comes from? I, I, I mean, we can put this plastic bottle up here. And let's forget the water, it's just plastic bottle. How many trillions of years are we going to have to wait for it to turn into something living? And at one time, according to them, everything just consisted of something uh, inanimate, something un- unliving. How many trillions of years do you need for that to somehow become something that's living? How do you explain microscopic organisms? How do you explain plants? How do you explain animals? How do you explain uh, mankind? How, how do you explain all of that? I like this quote. This quote is from Answers in Genesis. Thousands of experiments and 
All of the recently gained knowledge of molecular biology and genetics have only served to strengthen the most fundamental law of biology. All cells come from other cells. Also known as the law of biogenesis, life only comes from life. Let's just give them one, the Big Bang. Again, you're talking about non-living matter. Under what conditions, under what circumstances, no matter how many millions of years. Oh, let's give them billions. Let's give them trillions of years. How long can this plastic bottle be in existence before somehow, some way, you see life in it or as a result of it? It, it, It's absurd for them to make the claims that they have the answers to all of these questions. It's absurd to think that a lost world has the answer to the question, how did something come from nothing? It's absurd to think that the lost world has the answer to the question, how did life come from non-life? And then thirdly, There's a cosmological, there's a biological, but then there's an anthropological question. That's dealing with the development of man. In other words, how can you substantiate evolution? How can you substantiate evolution? Some questions for them. How do you explain where are the trillions of fossils of such true transitional forms? If evolution is true, there should be so many trillions of fossils of these transitional forms. It doesn't exist. And listen to this one. This this is my biggest... if, If I could have a scientist answer me a question, it's this one when it comes to the evolution of life. This second question. What are the odds that of the millions of species of animals, birds, fish, and insects... That a male of each species developed at the same time and in the same place as a female of the same species so that the species could propagate. What are the chances of that? What are the odds of that happening? Do you understand the question? Sure you do. I mean, over millions of years, you're going to have... A male develop and a female develop at the same time, at the same rate, so that they can propagate. But how did that portion of them even get there to begin with? How did that get propagated? You know, when you start thinking just common sense, when you start asking just common sense questions, there, there are, they have no answers for that. And this is, this is my next favorite question in this area. How did their lungs... Their heart, their stomach, their veins, their blood, their kidneys develop in the first animal by slow, minute steps, and the animal survived while these changes were occurring. I mean, these organs are developing over time, and yet they have to work with each other. And how did the stomach and the kidneys and the. I'm frustrated. (laughs) I, I. and you're telling me you got the answer to that? No, there's no evidence for that whatsoever. These are just, this is just a sheer fantasy on their part. These anthropological questions, I love this quote concerning that. The preceding points indicate that evolution couldn't occur, and the fossil record indicates that it did not occur. That's the truth. You say, well, pastor, if it's that obvious, and I've answered this question before, 
but some of you haven't heard it, and I will answer it later. If it's so obvious to you, why isn't it obvious to them? There is an explanation for that. But then there's a psychological question. There's cosmological, biological, anthropological, and then psychological. How can you explain the enormous differences in the human brain as opposed to the animal brain? I mean, if they're all evolving... Only human brains have a capacity for morality and ethics. Only human brains can distinguish between beautiful and ugly. Only human brains can comprehend the divine. How how do you explain that? They're not going to give you an answer. They're they're not going to give you an answer that makes any kind of logical sense. I like this quote, The mind is one subject most evolutionists will not engage Simply put, the physical differences between the human brain and that of animals are insufficient to explain the horsepower described above. Because there are some brains much smaller than the human brain. There are some brains larger than the human brain. But the human brain, catch this, is unique. It's unique. It's special with the capacities that we just listed. So... Ask non-believers these questions. Ask the smartest of them these questions. Ask the scientists and the philosophers and what have you. They will be unable to give you any satisfactory common sense answer or even a legitimate scientific answer whatsoever. They're just speculating. They weren't there back at the beginning. They did not see that. But who has been there all along? Who is the one that would be able to give us a legitimate, common sense answer to those questions? Well, it's God and the Bible. So let's, let's review those questions one more time. We're not going to be long this afternoon. Just one more time, real quick. Let's review those questions. Number one, let's go back to that. Let's revisit that cosmological question. How did something come from nothing? There's only one possible answer. Look at Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I don't know about you, but to me, the other frustrates me. A while ago, I said, you know, I'm frustrated. That don't make sense. You folks are trying to pawn this on me, and I'm not not buying it. There's, There's too many questions. I read that, and I'm calmed. That makes sense. Does it not? Makes perfect sense. Where there, there, where there's a creation, there has to be a creator. You don't have to convince me. You don't have to, you know, jump through hoops and come up with this scientific theory and what have you. It just makes sense. In the beginning, God. Well, that's the cosmological question. Makes sense to me. Let's look at that same biological question. How did life come from non-life? Well, it didn't come from non-life. Genesis 1.11, And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass. There's something living. The herb yielding seed, something living. And the fruit of the tree yielding fruit after its kind, something living. Whose seed is it, it is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. Then we skip to verse 20. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament, 
all living things. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. We skip to verse number 24. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, beasts of the earth. After his kind, and it was so. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he him. So, where did life come from? God created it. You don't have to wonder how did the male and the female develop at the same rate, at the same time, at the same place, so they could procreate. God just says, I'll make man and woman. Works for me. <laughs> I haven't heard the best of scientists come up with anything better. Not, not even close. It just makes sense to me. That where there is a creation, there is a creator. And that creator can create this world just the way we know it, just the way we see it? Well, that brings us to the third question. How can you substantiate evolution? Well, you can't, because that's not the way it happened. Understand, the Bible states the obvious. Everything produces after its kind. Horses come from horses. Dogs come from dogs. And God made, verse 25, the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. The truth is, there isn't evolution. There can be some variation among the species, and answers in Genesis, Ken Ham, they acknowledge that, but you, but you don't get fish from birds, and birds from cows, and, and, and on and on it goes. And the Bible's very clear about that. I don't know about you, that works for me. This makes sense to me. I don't need to argue with that. I don't need to rethink it. Just, okay, yeah, God. Yeah, that seems like the evidence is much in favor of that. That's where the evidence points. And then the psychological question that we asked before. How can you explain the enormous differences in the human brain as opposed to the animal brain? Well, that's an easy one. God created man in his own image. He didn't create frogs in his image. He didn't create chickens in his image or alligators or anything else like that. He created man in his own image. He gave man these wonderful abilities to, to, to think and to be creative and to imagine and to understand good from evil. These are, these are gifts from God that God gave us. We are made in his image. I don't know about you. Works for me. Makes sense to me. That would explain why we're different than you know, gerbils and hamsters and, you know, all, all those kind of critters. Understand this. The existence of the universe with its design and complexity presupposes a creator. Again, the existence of the universe with its design and complexity presupposes a creator. Creation demands a creator. If you're walking, you, you've heard this illustration, but it bears repeating. If you're walking through the woods, or you're on a path, and you look down on the ground beside the path, and there's a very nice, this is a man's wrist, wrist watch. Okay, you don't pick it up and you say, look what evolved. You know, I wonder how many millions of years it took this to get here. No, you, you see complexity, and you see design, 
And that speaks to the fact that that had to be created. Somebody had to make it. You look at this world, you look at everything that is in the world, there is complexity and there is design, and that demands a creator. So how do you explain, then, the idea? How how do you explain that, quote, smart people, college professors, scientists, how can they be so duped? That's a very legitimate question. You know, how can they be so duped? You know, it's really easy. Romans 1.18 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Remember this, we start off unrighteous. Who hold the truth, we talked about truth this morning, in unrighteousness. Truth is that which corresponds to reality. They will take it and twist it and turn it into something unrighteous. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. How is that? Verse number 20. For the invisible things of him, that's about God, things about God that we cannot see, the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The invisible things of God can be seen through his visible creation. I mean, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's a given. Just look at creation and acknowledge the fact that there has to be a creator being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead so that these unbelievers, these, these other people that are coming up with these ridiculous theories... They're coming up with these ridiculous theories. How is it? God has revealed to them the very fact that we're here is evidence of his creation. Verse number 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Well, it must have been, what can we come up with? Big bang. Uh, then how do we explain everything else? Um, let's see, real quick, quick, quick. Evolution. They don't, it, it is a wickedness in man's heart that he doesn't want to acknowledge God, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. That explains because it makes sense to me if you were to say, Pastor, you know, you, you haven't had the astrology, astronomy courses, biophysics, genetics, astrophysics, and all of that. I could have taken all that and done quite well, mind you. But I, <laughs> no, I haven't had that. So you, are you saying you're, you're, you're smarter than, you know, the astrophysicist and what have you? No. But this just explains it right here. Professing themselves to be wise. They're fools. Let me read you this. See here, I hold a Bible in my hand. And you see the cover and the leaves and the letters, the words. But you do not see the writers, the printer, the letter founder, the ink maker, the paper maker, or the binder. You never did see them. You never will see them. 
And yet there is not one of you that will think of disputing or denying the, the being of these men. I go further. I affirm that you see the very souls of these men in seeing this book, and you feel yourselves obliged to allow that they had skill. Those men that printed, wrote, bound this book. They had skill, design, memory, reason, and so on. In the same manner, if you see a picture, you judge there was a painter. If you see a house, you judge there was a builder of it. If you see one room contrived for this purpose and another for that, a door to enter, a window to admit light, a chimney to hold fire, you conclude the builder was a person of skill and forecast who formed the house with a view to accommodation of its inhabitants. In this manner, examine the world and pity the man who, when he sees the sign of the wheat sheaf, hath sense enough to know that there is a joiner and somewhere a painter, but who, when he sees the wheat sheaf itself, is so stupid as to not say to himself, this had a wise and good creator. This person is saying, says, when you see things that you appreciate, that you value, you know it has a wise, someone did that. And what he's saying here is, when you look at everything around us, understand that there was a wise and a good creator. The evidence is really overwhelming around us for creation. So why would anybody choose not to believe? And you've heard this statement from me before, and we'll conclude with it right now. There's a reason. Smart people ought to get it. Astrophysicists ought to get it. You know, the geneticists and biologists ought to get it. But remember, these are lost people. They're lost people. They choose not to believe. They, they don't want to. They reject. They have the audacity and the pride and the, the sinful nature to reject the Creator God. Lost man does not want to find God any more than a criminal wants to find the police. And that says it in a nutshell. Why can't they see what we see? A lost man doesn't want to find God any more than a criminal wants to find a policeman. That explains it's that simple. It is not complex. It is not too hard to understand. We need to pity these people. and We need to do our best to reach them with the gospel that they too might be saved. There are some physicists, there are some biologists, there are some chemists who are believers. Their numbers are quite few. But you will find them at Answers in Genesis and other places like that. And they can give you the more technical reasons why we believe what we believe and don't believe what we don't believe about uh, origins and, and creation and what have you. But because our eyes have been opened to the truth of God's word, it is our job to proclaim God's word and do our best to see people saved and reach people with the gospel because they are being bombarded with Big Bang Theory. And then that, that one is sort of beginning to diminish, so they're coming up with equally weird other ways of explaining things because they've kind of debunked that one to a great degree. Any Honest, open-minded scientists would have to realize it's, it's, it's flaws. That's why that Forbes article said what it said. And even evolutionists are having a hard time standing by um, the theory of evolution. But may our understanding of this message this afternoon eliminate 
what the world is throwing, the influence of what the world is throwing at us. And pity the young people in colleges and in schools today who are taught this. Really, whether they call it a theory or not, they are taught it as fact. And it will do just what Satan did. It will cause people to doubt God, and then they'll start believing lies. We have the truth, and it's our job to promote it. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mayo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.